What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the Hyperfast Wealth Show, we've got a special guest. He was able to quit his job as a mailman recently after only a couple years of starting off as a real estate investor, first with fix and flips, then with buy and holds. He's now built up to a portfolio of over a dozen doors. Just in a few short years, he was recently featured on the Bigger Pockets podcast and has a podcast of his own now. Welcome to the show, George Gibson. Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. Now, get ready to grow hyper fast. All right. Welcome to the show today, George. How are you doing? Doing pretty good, Dan. Good. And you are uh, you're joining the show from sunny Vero Beach, Florida, correct? Yes. I'm down here in Florida. We have a... I, I, I made this post the other day that they said a thousand people from New York are moving to Florida every day. So a thousand yeah. a day. Yeah. I mean, uh, better, better weather and, uh, all sorts of advantages for real estate investors like yourself. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and, and how you got into real estate and, and how you got to what you're doing right now today. All right. So it basically it started out, you know, I was working my job. I was a mailman. I graduated college. Looked for a job like most college students, couldn't find the right job. So I ended up getting a job at the post office. I became a mailman. Um, that was about six years ago now. And as I, the first year of being a mailman, you know, I was like, I was just putting the mail in the box and I listened to music, listening to music, putting the mail in the box. And then all of a sudden, I discovered this app on my phone called Podcast. So I go to Podcast and I discovered like real estate, motivational speaker like Grant Cardone, Gary Vee bigger pockets, stuff like that. And I started just listening to it instead of listening to music over and over. And like over the, over that time, like the first two years, I'm just listening to podcasts. But after I say about like two years ago, that's when I actually start purchasing properties, properties on my mail route. Wow. That's, that's a great story. And I, th- I think, you know, it goes the power of, 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 uh, of education, right? Self-education specifically, like you went to college, but then, what, what really, I think, set you free from a job, from financing, financial standpoint, was real estate, which it seems like you learned all of that through podcasts. You mentioned Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, Bigger Pockets. Um, I've, I've interviewed David Green on this show before. Actually, it was one of our earlier episodes. And and I interviewed Grant Cardone and Gary Vee. So if, you, if you're listening and haven't checked those out, go back to the, the first few episodes. But I, th- I think uh, a lot of people go to school for for something, not not real estate though, and then, and right. then they, they learn either from a mentor, from podcasts, from blogs, YouTube, whatever it is. They they learn how to do it. Was that your experience? Like, what did you go well, to school for? Was it anything to do with well, real estate? <laughs> well, I, I went to school for accounting, and so accounting is a major part of real estate. So. I went to school for accounting, graduated, but my parents, like my dad side of the family, they was into real estate. 
And what I mean by that was I just seen, you know, they own this house, own that property, but I never, they never like sat down and explained to me, like, you know, how rent works or buying properties. I never seen that. So I just knew like my family was somewhat in real estate, but so I had like a, um, I was around it, but I didn't really, I really didn't learn or care about it until I actually started working the job. And I realized, you know, I'm working so hard and so much and I'm making progress, but in order to, you know, provide my lifestyle, I'm going to have to keep working this job, you know, pretty much the rest of my life. You know, that's how I felt. So when I started listening about real estate, you know, passive income, that was like financial freedom. That's like the new American dream right now, financial freedom. I, I became curious about that. And I, me and my wife, we both decided, all right, let, let's start purchasing, you know, rental properties. And maybe that will relieve us of having to work so hard, you know? Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. How did you get from, you know, that that point where you knew about real estate, but you hadn't done a deal yet? You know, maybe you heard some of these podcasts. Like, how did you get from that point to your actual first deal? Okay, well, uh, all right, yeah, that is the hard part, that first deal, because we think, you know, by just looking at properties, you magically will become a, a homeowner, homeowner or a landlord. And it doesn't work like that. You have to put in offer. So from that point, I would say, I started working at the post office five years. So I say around my third year, no, my fourth year, my fourth year, that's when I actually purchased my first property, my real estate property off my mail route. And that was a, I seen a sign that say, um, house going up for auction on Saturday. So I, I look at the house. I said, wow, this is right by the post office. So I was, I wanted to buy it just so I could know, like I'm driving to work every day and I look at something I invested in and realized, okay, this is only temporary. Eventually I'm going to own enough of these houses that I don't, you know, have to go to work every day. So the first property, it was getting auctioned on a Saturday and I had to work. So I basically, I made my route where I was at that house around 10 o'clock that morning. And when I pulled up to the auction, it was like about 10, 12 people out there. And the auction started. My max um, number was like $48,000. Cash offer, cash um, auction. So I said, I told my wife, we're not going to go over $48,000. So we started the auction off and it go $47,000, $49,000. I said, all right, that's it. I told my wife, that's it. But it was still a good deal. So I ended up, we kept bidding and I won the auction at $52,000. And, you know, immediately after I won that, I was like, we just spent $50,000 and I was terrified. Honestly, <laughs> I, I've been, I was, I was terrified. I'm serious. Cause I knew it was a good deal, but the fact of spending that much money in like seconds, it was like nerve wracking. What, what year, what year was this? I don't know if we said the year just to give people this, perspective. We in 2020. So this is probably like 20 late 2017 or beginning 2018. Around okay, this, is, this is a single family home, right? Yes, it's a, it's a three bedroom, one bath house, uh, concrete block in a like it's probably like a C minus neighborhood. You know, near like near, near Vero Beach or yes, it's about uh, fifteen minutes away. Okay. Yes, so I mean, I purchased that property, right? And I mean, it seems just I don't know the area, the neighborhood, right? But it seems like a like a deal to me. But again, I don't I don't know a lot of the facts. Well, we'll get into that. I, all right, let's, let's keep I, unpacking this. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll give some background. Well, that's what, all right, for anybody listening right now, this is a secret, but <laughs> I'm going to let it out of the show. When I look for deals, 
the you know what make the deal happen is the story behind the deal. So like a lot of times you see a price. A price is just a number. But for for instance, this guy who was selling the home, his family owned the property for like 30, 40 years, I guess. So he was um, living in Oklahoma. Somebody passed away. He don't live in the area no more. He just pretty much want to get rid of the property, you know, fast and quick. So he assumed it, it'll probably sell for like $75,000 at an auction. But not that many people showed up that day and it ended up going for like around $50,000. And he didn't have to accept the offer, but in his situation behind his story, the home, he owned it free and clear. He lived in Oklahoma. That's like probably, wait, about 15, 16 hours away from here. He don't want the property no more. So it was like, that's more important on why pe- the price, you know, because the price evidently it was worth more than that. But in his situation, he's an older guy and he's out of state. He don't want to, you know, manage it. Yeah. So he was, he was, he was willing to take a lower price just, uh, you know, to have more convenience, right? Get 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 rid of this. I don't want to do it anymore. I'll I'll take what you know. I'll take speed and certainty on the price, right? That's why you had to come up with cash. I'm guessing. Exactly. He took um. The, yeah. Once you win the bid, you got to put down ten percent there. So that's already gone. But yeah, that auction is you know your money is guaranteed if you're selling the property, but you expect to sell it at a discount. But I ended up we um basically the property was ready to move in ready. And I couldn't get finance at the time. So I said, hey, we put it for sale. So put it for sale. It took about two months later and we ended up selling it for what it should have sold for at the auction, which is around $75,000. And so I did, was like- Do you ever actually take title or was it just under contract? At, at that no, time? no, I purchased it. 30, okay. I had 30 days to purchase it. I took title. I basically, you know, we mowed the yard, cut a tree limb down, sprayed air freshener in the house and I put it for sale. I'm a realtor. <laughs> So, you know, that was actually one of my first listings as a realtor. Like a lot of my listings just happen to be like properties I'm involved in for like my first couple of deals, it seemed like. But I was, I listed property and it took a while to sell because it happened around the holidays too, around Thanksgiving, Christmas. So it, the contract took a little longer, but we ended up selling it. And, you know, I work a job at the post office. We make around what, $40,000 a year. And I got one check, for like 20 some grand. I'm like, geez. And that, you know, that's two months. And I was just, I was like, I got to do more. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, you netted 20K after fees probably. Yes. And and boom, that's half your salary, right? Six six months of, of walking the mail route, driving the mail route. <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to, I mean, evidently you got to pay taxes on it, but just up front is like, I didn't do that much work. You really, you just taking action because like right now, a lot of people saying, is the market going to crash or market don't drop? And it's like, no, none of us, we all speculate, but nobody know the truth. So I, what I say is, you know, you got to get in the game to even get like, even if you're going to have good luck or bad luck, but you have to be in the game. So like, I'm going to buy the property and, you know, we'll find out after that what's going to happen. Well, I think the markets, you know, people sometimes focus on is the market good, is it bad? You know, it can be going up, down, left, right, whichever. But you can, as long as you buy the deal, right? Like you can, you can always get a good deal. Like, like you just buy. right. And that, and this was a rental property. You can buy you know? a good deal in an, any market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's a rental property. So most rental properties, I mean, if you buy it for a rent, like cash flow. The rent, I don't even if the price of the property drop, I don't think the rent will drop as low as the, the value may drop. If that makes sense. It does. I I uh 
you know, I'm, I'm impressed. 20K on the first deal, half half your salary. Where did it go from there? When when was deal number two? And, the, and then kind of how did, how, did, how did things evolve after that for you? All right. After that, that's when things started. No, you would have thought I would have been like, all right, let's do this again. But I, I did that deal. And for like a whole year after that, I, I didn't buy any more property that, that year. But after that, I, I took that money and I started a different business. And I realized I actually didn't like anything besides real estate because I, I opened up a hair store, beauty supply store. And I realized I had to be there every day, all day. I had to pay employees. And I basically learned that year I like real estate and I better stick to doing this. So I started focusing on looking for cash flow rentals. Cash flow rentals. All right. So you, yes. your first deal was a flip. Took some money off the table, right? Or cash out, made some money, and then sounds like you sat on it for about a year, maybe getting your bearings right, or I don't know, maybe you you, you hit it off so well on the first deal, you're a little yeah. nervous to jump. No, back. And, and that's that's exactly what happened. It, like say, yeah. like I bought my first duplex for uh, eighty five thousand, right? And right now, duplex is going for like same type of duplex is going for like one forty, one thirty, and it's like if you once you buy something at a certain price, I'm pretty sure it's hard to overspend. So like even the old timers on here who bought properties back in the day for 40 and 50 grand, even if it's a good deal at a hundred grand, they still know like, Hey, I purchased this property eight years ago for 40 grand. I'm not paying a hundred, you know? Yeah. No, I, I have the, I've got, I, I, I've got the same, the same kind of thing happened to me at the casino. Actually, my first time to Vegas, I, I won a lot of money. And then I went back and I won a little bit and I'm like, Oh man, that wasn't, that wasn't as like good as a hit. You're right. So um, I'm not, not as excited about it anymore. And, and uh, don't, I, I don't, I haven't even gambled in years now, but uh, I think if, you know, if you have a, a success on, on, on your first deal, sometimes it, it can be a little scary to, to jump back in. Cause you're like, well, last, last time I got, I bought this house for 50 grand. Now I could buy it for 80 and sell it for 90 or cash flow for a couple of years and then sell it for a hundred, 110, but, but it wasn't as good as when I bought it back at 50, right? That's kind of right. in the back of your head. Yes. So, so eventually you pulled the, the, the trigger and went more the rental route was the duplex your next deal. Well, yes. So okay. after that first flip, right. I, I, I studied, I kept learning real estate and that's the, that was the main thing because people say, are you a flipper? Are you a rental a wholesaler? My tool belt, like, because I had been reading every single real estate book, listening to every single podcast every day while I was in that mail truck. So that's like six, seven hours of material every single day for years. So I knew everything. I just didn't, I just wasn't making any moves. So it got to the point where I was working at the post office and I, I, I just got tired of it. And I knew, you know, my calling was real estate. So a guy, an older guy told me, he was like, George, when you put two feet in the real estate, that's when you know you'll get more success because you can't work a nine. You can work a nine to five and do real estate, but in my case, I was double dipping. I was like mostly at work and not doing real estate. So I ended up quitting my job at the post office, and that's when um, I quit my job. I think last year, I quit my job last year in May after Memorial Weekend, and I bought my first uh, duplex. I knew I needed a duplex because basically, in my case, you wanted. Um, you don't have a job no more. You need you need money every month to replace that. You need so cash flow. Yeah. So I wasn't looking for flips. I wasn't looking for the wholesale. I wasn't looking for nothing. I was looking for 
uh, cash flow properties that can replace my job income. So I started buying, I bought a duplex first, and then I bought a, a Airbnb property, which, you know, Airbnb before the COVID happened, that's a cash flow machine too. And I bought them two properties, got them up and running. And I kind of got my, I was like, I can do this. You know, I felt more confidence in, in what I was doing. So uh, come the first of the year, I ended up buying two more properties. And mind you, three, three out of four of these properties are me just meeting the seller and uh, just speaking to people and telling people, George do real estate, George do real estate. So when they go to sell a property, I have like two people reach out. Hey, this person is my grandma, my auntie grandma trying to sell this house. And I'm like, let me go look at it. And I was buying deals like that. And when, when did you become a, a real estate agent? Was that before you quit your job, before you invested in, started investing in deals? Like when, when did you become an agent? Well, that's kind of interesting because everybody should relate this story to your life. My son was born uh, April 29th, uh, two years ago. So I'm in the hospital. Um, he was just born on a Sunday and I was like, I'm finna be out of work. You know, I, I can take up to six, no, three months off. So I was like, mm. I started looking up real estate license and the class literally started on that Tuesday and it was like 480 bucks. I'm like, man, can I spend 480 bucks? Because I'm finna to be out of work for a little bit because we just had a child. And you know what? I was like, I know I need my real estate license. So I went ahead and signed up for the class, spent the money and I got my real estate license while I was basically out with my wife and we had our first job. And that's, that was about two years ago. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you want to take your real estate business to the next level? If you do, there's no reason to go it alone. Learn from people who've been where you want to go. Carrie and I have sold billions of dollars in real estate. We've netted over seven figures for seven years in a row now. And we want to see if you would be a good fit to work for us. We don't work with a lot of people, but we want to give you a chance to get on a free strategy call to see if we can help you get your business to the next level. Go to hyperfastcoach.com and apply for your discovery session today. Again, that's hyperfastcoach.com. So you got your license. Now, how, how has being an agent, how has that impacted your investor business and vice versa? How has how the investing that you, you know, have done helped your real estate agent right. business? How, okay. how have the two of those grown together? Right. And, and what I was about to say, when I was trying to say when I said that the class started two days after my child was born, I think the universe was like meant for that to happen because I passed all the tests, you know, for the real estate class and the state exam within like the next two months, I passed everything. So I felt like it was meant to be. And like when things line up for people, like you can't question, you can't ask your mom, your dad, your brother, you have to just, if the light turned green for you, go. And that's what I, I feel like, that's why I, um, I passed all the tests and got my license. But once I got my real estate license, I knew, you know, deep down inside, I'm a real estate investor. So, I was still, I was like, okay, I can write my own offers now. I don't have to beg a realtor to write these offers. And I can also, you know, I felt like I can sell the properties better. I felt like that at least. So as a realtor, I mean, I wouldn't say getting my license is like mandatory. Like say I was to move to a different state. Would I get my real estate license? Probably would. But it, it helped me because you, you meet more people. You in the room, you know what I mean? You meet sellers you meet buyers and 
you just all of a sudden buy properties. So you come across these deals, instead of trying to sell them all, I just, I buy some of them. But far as, one of the tricks I do use as a realtor is, if I really want a deal and it just is it's competitive, I tell the other agent, you know, hey, you keep the whole 6% and I will, you get my 3% if I can get the deal at my price, you know? And they'll try to make that work. Interesting tactic. I'm, I'm sure that's, uh, I'm sure that would help you in a competitive situation. What, um, what is, what is your uh, real estate holdings look like now? Is it all rentals or are you, just, have you done any more flips or, or is it all buy and hold? Yeah. So right now I have about 12 properties. Two of them are duplexes and the rest are single family. And one of the, um, I just bought, we bought a recent property back in July and that was basically off of being a realtor too, but we basically bought the property and fixed it up and now it's under contract being sold. But I, I'm starting to lean towards the flip, but at first I was focused on rentals because I knew I didn't have a job. So now that I kind of replaced my job income by the rental properties, now I can, um, you know, start to try to flip some and take a little bit more risk. And are, are you getting any income on real estate commissions from the agent side? Yes. And that's why I feel like, yeah. you know, real estate, my calling, because I, yes, I help. I help people buy houses. I help people sell homes. And it's kind of like, I mean, like I'm just, I'm all around. I'm doing it, everything. Uh, but it, for as far as being a real estate agent, I can say I under, I, I was messing up. One part was I was telling the buyers to put in offers at numbers I would put in. So for instance, I'm an investor. I want to buy the property at a, maybe at a 75%, you know, if it's worth a hundred. So I was making my buyers put these low offers in in this competitive market and they were losing deals because they're going with what I would pay for. And I had to realize like, hey, this person is a homeowner. They're not an investor. So it's, they can pay, they will willing to pay a higher price. Yeah, it's definitely different. You know, I'm wearing both hats of, of, of those businesses uh, my, myself. I know, you know, on our development side we'll, we'll write we'll look at 100 deals write offers on 10 and maybe get one most homeowners you know don't want to go through that it's all about right. minimizing the number of showings getting them the house they want and, and saving them them time and you know over time they're going to make they're going to make money on it maybe not as quick as an investor but they're getting the tax advantages while they live there you know getting a place to call home all all, all sorts of other stuff so it is two different it's two different yeah, it's games two Exactly. So I had to learn that because I was actually putting my own foot in my mouth by, you know, they they were like, I want to put offer 200. I'm like, uh, I want to do but like 175. And, you know, they were listening to me. And then all of a sudden somebody else got it with a higher offer. So I was realized, you know, I listened to the buyer, you know, if they want to put the offer in, we go that way. So now does, does your cash flow from the the 12 or so rentals that you owned is, has that replaced your, what your income was uh, prior to quitting your job? Uh, I would say not quite yet because yeah. it's like when you, when you just buy the rentals, I'm, I feel like majority of the money is still fixing. Look, I, Cause I bought older homes. So like right now I got it, I'm fixing a whole bathroom. The, the tub got a crack in it. So the plumber's over there switching out bathtubs. But right now, I mean, it's close, you know what I mean? But I feel like I still need more properties to feel more confident because every month, like last month, you know, I had no phone calls, but 
maybe next month I might get this many phone calls. So it's like if every month varies, you know, but if nothing breaks, that's a great month, you know? So you have that leg of the business though, but then you also got the, the flipping leg and then the real estate commissions uh, leg as well. So with, with all three of those at play, like where do you stand in relationship to, uh, to, to your, your prior income? Right. And this is one of the things I say, I was working probably like 50 hours a week, right? Making right. 50 hours a week, you working, I'm making like $20 an hour. So I come home, 6.30, I look at the same old YouTube channel or show or whatever, eat dinner, go to sleep, do it again next day, right? Six days a week. So now I feel like the, the, main, the main difference is working on a 95 steady is I may work one-fifth of that. So say I work three hours a day times four days, that's 12 hours a week. But I would like to stay, say my time is being used more valuable. So if I go show a house, yeah, that may take an hour. Write up an offer, that may take another hour. Then you got another hour maybe just negotiating type of stuff. So that's three hours, but you may make a four or $5,000 check. You get what I'm saying? So I would say... My, I got way more. I say I make more because I'm not working as even close to the amount of hours that I used to work. Yeah, your hourly hourly rate has gone up. Exactly. So, I mean, twenty dollars an hour. I used to look at that like it was great, but now that I, I mean, that I stopped working, I'm like, man, I need like two hundred dollars an hour. You know. Well, it's uh, it's an exciting story. I hope I hope uh, the people listening today are motivated and inspired by it, and, and that more people quit their jobs because uh, people, you know, people, especially right now, people, people need ways, alternative ways to create wealth without necessarily being in that trap of always trading time for money. And you seem to be on the path of, of doing that. And, and I, I hope you are an example for others. And I'm, I'm ready to do the hyper fast round now if you are ready for some rapid fire questions and answers. Yeah. But I was going to say before, um, like, you know, how you say you wish more people would quit the nine to five to, you know, be an entrepreneur. I think it's more about people identifying what their purpose or gift is. So I got a lot of people say, Hey, George, I'm going to get my real estate license all because they see my success in real estate. And I don't think it worked like that. You know, find out what you do the best. Like what do all your friends or associates call you for? Oh, Mary baked pies. Oh, what's it called? You know how to fix cars. That's your gift. And that's how you're going to make the money. You know, it may not seem like at the beginning, but like even now, real estate, I didn't make money at the beginning, but it's starting to like snowball the more you get your foot in the game. You know? Yeah. No, I, you, you definitely, uh, I think if, if you've got a special gift, you need to tap into it. And maybe it's real estate for people out there listening. Maybe it's not. I think it's something that anyone and everyone can do. Yeah, you just got to listen to the right podcast like you did. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so let's let's kick off the hyper fast round here. What's the biggest piece of advice you would give to a new real estate investor? Oh, man. So to the new real estate investor, this is what I'm going to say. Stop being so – you want to know everything before it happens. Oh, do you think the market going to drop? Oh, do you think I'm going to be able to rent it out? Uh, they got all these – foresee questions that nobody truly know the answers to you know plenty of properties i have purchased and they appreciate it a lot i didn't expect it but I, but it appreciated a lot so you gotta you know learn the information 
know your knowledge and make an offer and get in the game because if you're not, if you don't have any properties, 20 years later, you're gonna still be saying, hey, the market finna crash. And guess what? It never crashed and you don't have any properties. And it's like you didn't even give yourself an opportunity. Yeah, I agree. P- too many people get kind of paralyzed, right? The p- p- analysis paralysis. Uh, the best way to learn is, is eventually you just got to do it, jump in. So that's a great answer. What's the biggest challenge you've had in real estate and how did you overcome it? Well, my biggest challenge in real estate, I don't know if I overcame it yet, but one of my uh, pet peeves are, I got the rental properties, I expect the tenants to treat them like I treat my home. So oftentimes, you know, I drive by the property or I have to go in there and look at something and it's not up to my standards and it gives me anxiety. Like, I'm like, why is the old car back here sitting on bricks? Why is the cat running around? Why is this person always here? Like, that's my biggest challenge. I'd have to get some kind of system in place where, first of all, I don't, I just put it a letter in the mail and this is the rules. This is what at least follow that instead of just like, making it seem like it's my fault or I choose the right tenant. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, you bring up an interesting point there and uh, you know, tenants aren't going to love it as much as you do, right. Or or have the same feeling as someone that owns it. But I think, you know, you've started to talk about having Airbnb properties and, and I actually think Airbnb maintenance is typically better because you, you have more turnover. So you or your manager are looking at it more and and that's just an interesting thing for for people that are debating between long-term or short-term rentals to to think about is the benefits of managing it more intensely yeah airbnb property but right now we converted all our airbnbs to long-term rentals and that's like right there i bought a property it was an airbnb property it only lasted about four months and then the covid came so airbnb kind of shut down so as soon as that came we turned them into long-term rentals but that's why I say you don't really, you can't foresee what's going to happen in the world. Yeah. What, uh, what are you most excited about in the next year in, in the real estate market as it pertains to your investing strategy? The, the main thing I think what I look forward to is having the capital to be able to go out here and buy these deals. The worst part, I think, when I was in the mail truck was, you know, having all this knowledge and skills, but not being prepared to purchase a property. That's, I think that's like the worst part. So now the fact that I'm, 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 work, I'm working on flipping some properties and stuff, and I know I have the skill set to tackle these deals, I'm looking forward to being able to go, um, you know, buy even more multifamily and just scaling the business and make it more like a, you know, chicken filet. That's my motto. I want to be like chicken filet. I want it to flow and grow, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I I think as you as you start doing more and more deals, obviously producing cash flow and, and good outcomes, like the capital, you become less less constrained by capital sometimes than when you first start out. So that'll be exciting for you to 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 go through and and and, and experience. So what uh, what would we find you doing when you're not doing real estate? Oh man. When I'm not doing real estate, I like to travel with my family. I mean, we go to different places, and that's what I spend my time. You know, spend my time playing basketball or with my family. We travel. Like, we try not to go nowhere twice, so we're just going different places and just 
we just came from um, Tennessee, got in the Tennessee, the mountains. And that was, it was different up there, but yeah, I love traveling. Awesome. What, uh, or excuse me, where do you see yourself five years from now? Oh man, the pressure. Five <laughs> years from now, I see myself with this, I will have enough rental properties to hopefully choose to want to purchase or not purchase with no pressure. Whether I don't have to buy a deal because I have enough properties where I'm okay. And I see myself just really uh, helping the world. Helping, it's so many people that don't even have this knowledge. So I, my goal is to start, you know, traveling and speaking and helping people who don't like, for instance, say I have uh, renters come to look at a property and I got the homeowner there or the, the landlord on the home. The people come to look at the house don't even realize that this owner is looking at your character right now to see whether he wants to rent the house to you. And I have so many uh, people come, you know, they have the children running wild or whatever. And I'm like, you know, you're trying to stay in this person's home. You should come and present yourself with a good manner. So I just want to teach people, you know, much as I can about not only real estate investing, but even just buying your home or trying to rent or whatever, just teaching people. Well, it'll be exciting to watch you on that journey of, of building up your rental portfolio, helping others do it. And we hope to have you back on the show when you go from, you know, 14 <laughs> doors to a to hundred, which hopefully is, is not too long for you. So right. thank you for being on the show. I had a blast. I know you, you know, your story provided a ton of inspiration to our listeners and, and people watching on YouTube. Before we sign off, if, if uh, I'll give you a chance just to tell people how to connect with you, uh, if, if, you know, if they've got questions or want to connect on social media or if they're looking to buy or sell a house in uh, Vero Beach. Okay, yeah. Thanks, Dan, because I really, you know, my goal is to inspire people to go out here and just do it. And that's what, ever since I've been on uh, uh, other platforms, you know, people say my story inspired them. And I say, you know, Go make an offer. Go get a deal. But if you want to reach me, you can contact me on my email, georgesellhomes at gmail.com or Instagram, the most popular George Dude Real Estate or my YouTube channel, George Dude Real Estate. I basically, I show all my flips and rental properties and New American Dream Podcast. That's where you can catch it. All right. We'll check out George on Instagram, YouTube or, or, or uh, reach out to him directly listen to the american dream podcast it's been exciting having you on thank you for uh the great interview and for all the listeners out there thanks for tuning in yeah thanks for having me on the show man and uh if, if you guys enjoyed this show if it inspired you please share the episode with someone leave us a review and give us feedback thank you and have an amazing day Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.